Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Missing your mojo? Just go to Mojo50.com for on-demand podcasts. Hello there, and welcome to Mojo 50 Radio on the Rich Solution. I'm Gwen Rich, your host, your health advocate, and founder of the Rich Solution. So, right here on Mojo 50 Radio, I talk about empowered health, what each one of you can do starting today. Yes, today, to not only look, but feel and live a healthier, happier, disease free lifestyle. So, today's topic, a very important one, and that's on the rise of fentanyl during the pandemic. So before I start talking on this topic, I need to put the disclaimer out there, which I do on every show. And that's about the information on this show is presented for educational purposes only. So it's not intended as a substitute for a diagnosis, for the treatment, or advice of a qualified licensed medical professional. So the facts presented are offered as information only, not medical advice. And in no way should anyone infer that we are practicing medicine. So always seek the advice of a medical professional for proper application of this material to any specific situation. And again, today's topic is the rise of fentanyl during the pandemic. All right, so let's also, friendly little reminder for everybody out there that No Oodle is the sponsor of the Rich Solution Studio, has been for a couple years. And make sure you use hashtag Spoonie all caps to get that 10% off. So that's hashtag Spoonie, S-P-O-O-N-Y, all caps, to get that 10% off. Go to nooodle.com. All right, we just want to put a shout out there for everybody who is here and listening. We have an avid listener and maybe my VIP marketer, and that would be Sarah Nichols. So it is her birthday today. Happy birthday. Wishing you the best. Uh, couldn't come at a, at a better time. So certainly hope you have a wonderful year. I feel like you have nowhere to go but up after your current situation. So very happy for you. Happy birthday. All right. So what I need to do is also apologize Uh, for those of you who are listening. You know, uh, I told you to mark your calendars because Natasha Trevnev was supposed to be here today. So she uh, fell down. She didn't break anything, which was good. Uh, But yesterday she fell late in the afternoon. She's in California. So uh, found out very late that she wasn't going to be able to do the show. Uh, So that's okay. That's why we're going to be doing this show, which is really important. Uh, But we'll have her back on another time to talk about our gut health, 
talk about gas and bloating, which affects like 74% of the population. So that most likely is you, right? All right, so let's talk about fentanyl. I thought this was a really good topic, uh, something everybody needs to wear. I'm going to talk about a couple stories. I'm going to, of course, get into some um, statistics uh, because I think people need to be aware of what's going on. We know that there is a crisis, but we're really not sure what's been going on since the pandemic. So when it comes to the fentanyl that's being seized, by the Customs and Border Protection, so that would be CBP. This is in 2021. They've had more seized this year than in all of 2020. So as of April, listen to this, over 6,000 pounds, just under 6,500 pounds of fentanyl were seized by authorities at the border. And that was compared to 4,776 pounds in all of 2020. So we're talking about four months. We already surpassed 2020. They have been increasing these fentanyl seizures since 2018. So fentanyl, if you're not aware, is an incredibly potent opioid. It's 50 to 100 times stronger than morphine. People don't realize how dangerous it is. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So physicians, when they administer fentanyl, it's in micrograms. And they just say to put it in context. So more than 6,000 pounds seized by the CBP is incomprehensible. So when you talk about that amount, how many communities and people that it will affect and how many deaths that will be associated with more than 6,000 pounds of fentanyl. You can't even comprehend. It's just because it's not fathomable. So you have methamphetamines seizures. They're more slowly approaching the 2020 levels. This is according to the CBP. So far this year, over 100,000 pounds of methamphetamine have been seized. And in all of 2020, we had just over 1,770 pounds of meth seized, 177,000. So we have this CBP's Office of Field Operations. They have seen a slight increase in narcotic seizures as its southern border ports of entry in the first part of the fiscal year of 2021. So as cross-border travel shifted to essential travel only, criminal organizations shifted their operations as well. CBP has seen an increase in seizures among U.S. citizens and in the commercial environment as both demographics are exempt from travel restrictions. So we have El Paso, Texas. It's been in the news a lot lately. Federal agents in this section of the southern border say they've seen a staggering 4,000% increase in fentanyl seizures over the last three years. So those bursts, excuse me, I should say busts, are not at ports of entry where most smuggled drugs are usually typically found. So you have the Border Patrol that says the rising amount of fentanyl is being found in the desert, transported by increasingly brazen smugglers, 
who are exploiting stretched federal resources. So in 2018, just to give you a perspective, the Border Patrol in the El Paso sector found just one pound of fentanyl outside ports of entry. In 2019, they found two pounds. 2020, they found nine. And guess what they found during the fiscal year of 2021, which has not, it's not over yet. Agents have found 41 pounds so far. So that's a dramatic rise that experts attribute to the increasing role in the drug cartels producing the illicit drug themselves with raw materials from, guess where? China. So the sharp rise from 2018 to 2020 suggests that the coronavirus pandemic did not artificially inflate the 2021 numbers. So according to the Drug Enforcement Administration, two milligrams of fentanyl can be lethal. Two milligrams. And of course, that's depending on a person's body size. One kilogram of fentanyl has a potential to kill 500,000 people. And a kilogram is roughly 2.2 pounds. So the first, for the first time, they're starting to see these tactics where fentanyl is being smuggled between ports of entry. Cartels are very creative. They find ways to intimidate migrants and find ways to illegally have them transport that narcotic into the United States. So sources from the Drug Enforcement Administration tell the news that fentanyl is becoming a drug of choice for the cartels because guess what? It's highly profitable extremely potent and easier to smuggle into the United States because of its small size. We have meth seizures away from ports of entry are also up 85% so far this fiscal year. Fentanyl and meth seizures at the port of entry are also up 719% and 781% respectively. So also a lot of people who are suffering from addiction have other undercurrents to the addiction, could have trauma in their life. They could have mood disorders such as anxiety, depression. There may be chronic pain issues that have driven them towards the opioid use. Although it's perhaps well-intended in the beginning, Leaning, weaning themselves, leaning, excuse me, I can talk today, into abuse issue. So the fentanyl reaches far. I don't know if you realize that. It stresses, stretch is across the age spectrum. See if I can get any worse. I have data that goes all the way back from 2016. It shows more deaths among those aged 25 to 35. But there's also been an uptick among the elderly and teens. So there's this misconception that it's just this young street addict kind of drug. But it is affecting everybody across the board. So what I thought I'd do today, I want to tell a couple stories because I think it then makes it more real, 
more concrete. We can start to feel when we feel we have that raw emotion. People tend to do something about it. They remember it. Hopefully you'll tell this episode to your friends because we need to have an overwhelming awareness about what's going on. So this is a story I found out about researching it, and I just think it helps put things in perspective. So this is a father. His name is Howard. He's talking about his son. His son loved everything about the natural world, but especially the earth's soil. He grew vegetables in their backyard, and he experimented with different soils. And that's what he said he was super passionate about. And this was describing his 18-year-old son, who had been accepted to a California State University to study soil science. So looking out onto their lush garden from their living room in his Silicon Valley home, Howard the father recounted why that never happened. So last fall, because of COVID-19, the pandemic, the teenager, teenager chose to defer for a semester with the hope that in-person instruction would resume. I know that happened to a lot of people. A lot of people don't like that online learning. So during the wait, he went to stay with a friend in another state. Then the day before Thanksgiving, Howard, the father, got a call from that friend's family. They were there to go snowboarding, said the father. They went to go wake him, and he had passed. Howard's son died November 25th, 2020, from a single pill of what he thought was Percocet. That's a commonly prescribed painkiller that contains acetaminophen and the opioid medication oxycodone. So this is a friend who had sent it to him, someone in Santa Clara County. A toxicology report later showed that the pill actually contained fentanyl, a synthetic opioid so strong that just two milligrams can kill a person in a matter of minutes. So the father, he was a technology company executive, he spoke to the news on the condition that they would not use his full name or his identity for his son in order to preserve the privacy of his younger child. He said he was also concerned about protecting an ongoing criminal investigation into his son's death, but agreed to an interview because he wants to warn the parents and teenagers. We didn't know, said the father. You read about fentanyl as if it's in some far off place, but it's not. The teenager's death was part of a dramatic rise in deadly fentanyl-related overdoses in the Santa Clara County during the pandemic particularly among school, school-age children and young adults. So in 2020, the number of fentanyl deaths in the county more than doubled, and the victims were younger, on average, than in the previous two years. And this was from documentation from Columbia University Brown's Institute for Media Innovation. So the Documenting COVID-19 Project obtained data from the county medical examiner that showed 11 people died from a fentanyl overdose in 2018. And that number grew to 27 
people in 2019, and then it shot up to 73 in 2020. So this increase mirrors a surge in drug overdoses in California and around the country during the pandemic. And what's notable about the victims in the Santa Clara County is their youth. There is even a 12-year-old girl. So according to the county data available, the median age of those that died from fentanyl overdoses last year is just 26 years old. Though the authorities have not yet completed all those investigations of every case. So overall, more than 20% more people died last year in Santa Clara County. This is just one area in the United States than in 2018 or 2019. And this is according to the California Department of Health. The pandemic played a role, but strikingly, most of those deaths were not due to COVID-19. Of the 2,100 so-called excess deaths in the country, 932 have been attributed to the coronavirus, while more than half, 1,177 people, died from other causes, and that's including drug overdoses. So though they died from too much fentanyl, many people, including Howard's son, thought that they were taking far less potent drugs, according to county officials. And this is what you hear so much of. This is what I want people to know. It's led some families of the victim to say that overdose is the wrong word for what happened. Instead, they said their loved ones suffered poisoning and their deaths should be prosecuted as such. So the fentanyl deaths increased during shelter in place. Fentanyl fatalities in Santa Clara County had already started to increase in 2019, but the county officials believe the pandemic accelerated that trend. So you have someone who was helps direct the addiction medical service for Santa Clara County and said that the pandemic has increased younger people's exposure to the drug. And here's why. Because the schools were closed, kids at home had more access to the internet. A lot of these drugs deals are happening through social media sites. This is crazy. Social media sites. Literally, manufactured pills have been purchased on Snapchat, Instagram, WhatsApp. And this is according to law enforcement. And the drugs cost as little as $20, roughly the price of a pizza. And just like a pizza are delivered to the home, a treat, cheap drug that gets you high very quickly is popular. However, unfortunately, it's also very deadly in the small amount. So tragedy can happen very quickly, very fast. Fentanyl is 50 times stronger than heroin and 100 times stronger than morphine. That's according to the CDC and and prevention. So the pandemic thwarted access to addiction treatment. This is something you need to know about too. And maybe you're aware of this because maybe someone you know who needed to see, you know, a psychologist, a psychiatrist, somebody because they were depressed, they had anxiety, whatever it was. Sometimes people had trouble. They couldn't get in right away because they were such a demand. And because we have such a shortage 
with what's crisis, I would say, what's going on with our hospitals, emergency rooms. It's crazy. So the loss of access to treatment programs and other support for people addicted to opioids and other substances was another contributor to the increase in deaths. So in the Santa Clara County and around the country, most of the patient therapy for people struggling with mental illness or those addicted, they moved online last year. So the pandemic has certainly been hard for everyone. But those who also experienced more loneliness and depression and job losses, all that has played a role to bring this to a higher level than usual. So you had another Silicon Valley tech professional who lost a teenage son to drugs last year. He sees a direct line for the pandemic to his 17-year-old's death. He said COVID happened. It affected this whole globe said the father, who asked to be identified only by his middle name, Otto, and not to name his son in order to protect the privacy of his younger siblings and the ongoing criminal investigation. It affected everyone on this planet, including him. I think it compounded his situation. I think that it's partially to blame. He described his son as a charismatic and gifted high school athlete who made friends easily. But he said that during the pandemic, he felt the teenager had too much time on his hands and he changed. I think there were pills that these kids got introduced to in parties and things like that. And I think he did start to develop issues in the last year, adding that by June, his son had become dependent on opioids. He said he and his wife got their son into a 30 day inpatient program, treatment program for addiction but he relapsed a few days after completing the program. So the parents tried to send their son back, but the treatment center lacked the space to take him back right away due to the COVID-19, due to COVID-19. So local outpatient treatment options had an admission backlog of several weeks. So we're familiar with this. And as the family struggled to find another facility, their boy started disappearing for days at a time. And when he returned on July 22nd, he seemed to be stable. They talked to him for a couple hours before, and he seemed to be sober. But when the father went to go check on his son a couple hours later, he found him dead in his bedroom. And of course, the father says that memory of that moment haunts him. So his father says he took a pill that he assumed was a prescription pill or opioid. It's very unlikely that he knew it contained fentanyl. So the father said that he and his wife had known about fentanyl poisoning. They might have checked sooner or more often or learned how to use naloxone. That's a drug that temporarily reverses an overdose. So two days after his son's death, staff from the drug treatment facility called to say they had space available. So the father said that he was reluctant to discuss his son's struggles with addiction because that's not how the family wants to remember him. It was such a small part of his life that we think of all these things and all the richness and the greatness that he had in his life. That last year is not what defines him at all. 
So the fentanyl killing across the Bay areas. I know this. we're talking about California, but this happened all across the country. This is just some of the research I found. And so while there was a 170% increase in fentanyl deaths in the Santa Clara County in 2020, that was the most dramatic increase. Fentanyl deaths were also rising in other very Bay Area counties. So in San Francisco, you had at least just under 400 people who died from opioid in 2020, which is nearly 68% increase than in 2019. And of course, the actual number of deaths is much higher per the county officials. You have the Alameda County, the deaths rose 29% 2020 to 62 people. And that was, of course, to the data that's available. But the difference is the victims in these counties were older. Based on the available data, the median age of the people who died from fentanyl overdose in Alameda was 33.5 years of age. And in San Francisco, it was 43 years of age compared to Santa Clara County, where I said the median age was 26. So the initial data from these three counties suggests that fentanyl deaths did not affect anyone race or ethnicity disproportionately, but those county authorities are still completing those death investigation for 2020. So not all the conclusions are in. So law enforcement officials say that fentanyl illegally manufactured in China and Mexico has flooded into the United States in recent years because it's cheaper to produce It cannot be detected by sight or smell. Drug trafficking organizations initially used fentanyl to augment more expensive drugs, but now they're manufacturing pills that are only containing fentanyl and disguising them as common prescription drugs like Percocet and Xanax. And that's the brand name for the anti-anxiety drug, Alprazolam, which is also popular with the teens. And what's hard to prosecute is the Santa Clara County District's Attorney Office has created a special unit to combat the sale of illicitly manufactured opioids. They talk about an attorney in the narcotics unit said that the profile of fentanyl dealers in this country differs from dealers of methamphetamine who are frequently frequently users as well. So what they're seeing is young people aged 15, 25 years old who are the dealers. They are not addicts. They are profiteering. They are selling small amounts to a lot of people and making money off of it. So what you have going on here, these parents have stood up and they've said, you know, an overdose is not the problem. It really should be poisoning. So you've got these murder charges against one of these alleged dealers for selling fake pills that killed an 18-year-old woman. For instance, you had a couple. The boyfriend was 17 years old and purchased what they thought was Percocet pills on Snapchat on April 5th. What the couple got instead, officials said, are known as street on the street as M30s. This is important for people listening. M30s, 
They're little blue pills with an M inside a box on one side and the number 30 printed on the other side. They're fake oxycodone tablets that were actually laced with fentanyl. So after taking the drug that evening, the boyfriend overdosed. The paramedics were called to the scene and they were able to revive him with the naloxone. His girlfriend was not so lucky. She was found later dead that night in her bedroom. So they have the alleged dealer, 22 years old, and is waiting custody trial. If he is convicted, he faces 15 years to life imprisonment. So murder charges against fentanyl dealers are rarely filed. But things are starting to change. People are starting to wise up. Because again, this is a pandemic epidemic. The rules have changed. These dealers know what's in these fake pills. Of course, sometimes it's difficult to prove the dealer knowingly or intentionally poisoned a buyer, referring to the legal threshold for charging murder. But what they say is this case is different because the defendant knew of the deadly properties of fentanyl. He knew that his drugs contained fentanyl. He did not share that information with the purchaser. So you have the U.S. Attorney's Office in California. They filed indictments against this alleged member of drug trafficking organization selling fentanyl out of the San Mateo County to dealers all over the Bay Area. So similar indictments were filed against dealers in the East Bay and Monterey County. It should be murder charges. This is crazy. These people know what they're dealing. I mean, come on. So I wanted to do this because it's about warning the public, right? We know that these families that were interviewed for this story, they want to change the law to strengthen prosecutors' ability to put these dealers in prison. We're not talking about marijuana. And say, they say the best way to prevent more deaths in the short term is to raise public awareness about the substances dealers are usually selling. Awareness, hence today's episode. They're very good at, at pushing their product out in ways that make us look safe, right? They've got colorful menus and priceless. These are from people who are in the financial, there's a financial advisor who's worked in sales and marketing for most of their life. And their son, Charlie, fell prey to this just three weeks before he was to graduate from Santa Clara University last spring. So in the early months of the pandemic, the campus shut down. So the son, Charlie, sheltered at home with his parents in Pasadena. But the 22-year-old returned to Santa Clara in early May because he wanted to spend time with his friends before graduating. A week later, on May 14th, the father learned that his son, Charlie, died in his room in his fraternity house from fentanyl poisoning. Of course, the family was baffled because their their son, Charlie, was happy. He wasn't suicidal. He wasn't depressed. He didn't have a substance abuse disorder. But when this mother and father met with other families whose children had died after trying drugs for the first time or using them occasionally, they saw a pattern. And what do you think that pattern was? These kids are experimenting. 
They're not addicted. In the old days, come on, you would experiment and you would drink too much tequila or whatever and you might say, hey, I had too much and I really got sick and I was hungover. I've learned my lesson, right? These days, if you experiment with what you think are prescription pills, guess what? You don't get a second lesson. You don't get to learn a lesson. You die. So the parents of Charlie formed a nonprofit organization called Song for Charlie to get the word out to parents like themselves who have no idea that poison is being marketed and sold in the guise of prescription medicine. We need to get the word out. I know when my kids were going to school, they're 26 through 30. We were aware of this, the kids trading their prescription medicine. It's become out of hand. But this is ridiculous. Parents need to recognize that their children's generation grew up experimenting with prescription medications. And that it's common for friends to share them. They say parents should tell their kids, all these pills are likely fake. They're made with a deadly, powerful synthetic, and you need to tell your friends. So what are some of these lessons that we're talking about today? Seek treatment early. That's a big one. The fact that fentanyl is so widespread and so lethal makes it more urgent to intervene swiftly when someone is struggling with addiction. Another family told their story about their son who was 38 years old, who recently lost his job at a law firm and was struggling to find treatment for his heroin addiction. They said their son finally found a spot in a medication-assisted recovery program. But on November 18th of 2019, the night before they were going to sign him up, he took heroin. He did not know was laced with fentanyl. So unfortunately, Kyle died. And he was one a part of the cluster of those fentanyl deaths in that Sarah Clara County in 2019. So the toxicity of fentanyl means people like their son, Kyle, they're dying before they can even conquer their addiction. Again, you get no second chance. So their son did struggle with addiction. He had a problem for a long time, whether it was alcohol or opioids. But they want to know what can happen to anyone's child. It's not about the race, their gender, their economic status. It happens and it begins in high school. Of course, these parents wish they had done more to help their son. Wish they had known more and to get help sooner. A lot of times parents try to hide it and cover it up so that you can take care of yourself. And guess what? That doesn't work. It's going to take a whole team of people to help a child that needs treatment. It takes a village. And of course, they put a support group together in Santa Clara County. It was called Mom's Alliance. And that will help defendants referred from the drug courts and their families get connected with therapy and other services. So what are some of the post-pandemic hopes? We know this opioid crisis 
began well before COVID-19 pandemic, and it's not going away. A parent and son who met in a support group for the bereaved families say they hope that as COVID-19 vaccinations rates rise and coronavirus deaths decrease, more resources can be focused on the fentanyl crisis. Everything is being stretched very thin, the resources. Because, of course, a lot of the tension globally has been the COVID-19 pandemic. While at the same time, there is this silent killer that people haven't really necessarily known about. It's hard to get resources and attention when there's clearly another raging epidemic pandemic globally. So the fentanyl has certainly changed everything. I was going to do another story, but I think I'll let that go, which led to Alexandra's Law. I believe this was in Arizona. Um, again, fentanyl has changed everything, and it is not like marijuana. They're not dealing marijuana anymore. They're dealing death. What do these, all these parents want you to know is that you need to cherish your children. You need to be aware. You need to nip this in the bud right away. Don't be quiet about it. You need to get as much help as possible. Don't take your kids for granted. Tell them you love them every day. So let me do this. Let me stop and talk about what the Rich Solution is doing right now in 2021. And then I'm going to get back to a few more stats and on the topic of fentanyl. So 2021, the Rich Solution, go to therichsolution.com. We really are trying to help people because we know they're stressed, stressed to the max. I can't even watch news anymore. It's crazy how stressed I get. So what we're doing is we're helping people. You purchase one of our kits, go to therichsolution.com, click on life extension or supplements. It takes you to the same area. Purchase one of our kits. You don't need a code. They're drastically reduced. There's no shipping. And now we're putting, including two supplements, the Rich Adapt, which is an adaptogen. It's all natural. It helps with stress. You can see that. All natural. Two-month supply, $60 value. Then we have the Rich Veritrol, which is an an antioxidant. Helps with inflammation. We all need to to reduce inflammation, right? That's the big elephant in the room. So you get two months supply of that, $60 value. That's $120 complimentary to you just by purchasing one of our kits. So go to therichsolution.com. We've got a number of kits. If you have no idea where to get started, you're going to take the advice of today, which is to get started. Don't put off tomorrow what you can do today. You can always email us at contact at therichsolution.com. We'll be happy to help you because it's not a one-size-fits-all. We all have different needs, different symptoms. So please email us at contact at the rich solution.com. All right. So today we're talking about a really important topic and that's the fentanyl. And I just talked about a number of stories, I think, because that helps make it more real because of those of us who are not touched directly, but we're indirectly because this affects our whole country. Yes, Tucker Carlson has 
talked about this on his show. I don't know that it's fault on deaf ears. I just think because of the pandemic that that is now, you know, the talking points and the media is, you know, scaring everybody about what's going on with the pandemic. And that's partly why I wanted to talk about this because it is growing. We are seeing more seizures, but we're seeing more numbers of people using fentanyl because of their depression, because of their anxiety, because of what's going on with the pandemic. So we all need to pay attention. So if you've heard about the opioid epidemic, which is one of the major contributors to the deaths of despair that we're seeing today, but maybe it hasn't affected you personally. Always take a look at the recent study. Found that fentanyl was detected in the taxology reports of nearly two-thirds of the 196 people who died from opioid overdose in Massachusetts. This goes back from October 2014 to 2015. Of these deaths, 82% involved illicitly manufactured fentanyl and 90% had no pulse when the EMT showed up. And that's AKA rapid death. They also interviewed 64 adults who had used opioids in the past year and had experienced or observed an overdose in the past six months. And from these interviews, the researchers learned that 75% of the participants had administered or observed the, uh, the administration of the naloxone, which resulted in a successful reversal of overdose. So if there, was this, there wasn't this anti-drug uh, to combat it, fentanyl or opioids, we'd see more deaths. And what we're seeing is officers are required to keep this with them, to use, because it's that bad. So they had overdose data from 10 states from the CDC this is from July to December of 2016, and they highlighted the fentanyl problem or drugs that are chemically or structurally similar to fentanyl. They detected 14% of those overdose cases. Also, 20% of fentanyl or fentanyl analog deaths showed no evidence of injection drug use. And I mentioned this because what's the majority of ways that people are using fentanyl? They're snorting it or ingesting it. So let's break it down. And I'm assuming a lot of those who are regulars here, you probably are educated, you know this stuff already, but for those who are listening, it's always good to hear, right? So what is fentanyl? You may be wondering, what what, what actually is fentanyl? And maybe you can remember who was the popular singer who died of fentanyl overdose? Anyone want to take a guess who's listening? Live streaming? I know those who are listening are shaking their head. You probably remember. It was Prince. So similar to morphine, fentanyl is a powerful synthetic opioid pain reliever. But it is 50 to 100 times stronger than morphine. 
So as a prescription drug, it's used to treat patients with severe pain, maybe even as a result of surgery, cancer, or those with chronic pain. So given its potency, it's the strongest opioid available for medical use. So here I can actually talk about my experience with fentanyl. I could talk about my son's opioid use as well. So yes, I have cancer. And yes, through my eight years, almost nine years in November, I've had different things I've had to go through. Uh, You talk to people of cancer, a lot of times it can be very painful. And so I happen to be one of those people who have a hard time finding pain relievers that I can take because they tend to make me throw up. So have used fentanyl patches. I know for me, I've gone to the ER and I've used them and they're great. They work for me for about 10 minutes and then the pain comes back. So again, you get to this threshold where they, they don't work like they should. You, you build a tolerance for them. So anyway, don't take fentanyl anymore because they just doesn't work enough for me. But I have experience with them. Opioids. So I have a son. I have three boys. One of them has TOS. I'm not sure if you've heard of it before. Thoracic outlook syndrome. So he's fortunate that he actually has double. He has it on both sides. It's not just one. He had both. And so this is something he started to get in college. I don't really know why you get it. Sometimes it seems to happen to taller people. He's about 6'4". Very, very painful. Uh, He was taking opioids prescription. Uh, It's nearly nothing compared to what most of these people are taking. I'm not trying to minimize it. But once we realized, you know, the preponderance for opiate abuse and the addiction, uh, we got him off of that right away. And I would say it wasn't pleasant, but it didn't take that long. And he's definitely a happier person today. He does all this stuff, which I hopefully I'm going to get to as far as alternatives to pain relievers. So it does affect a lot of people. Affects a lot of people. A lot of people are in pain. Believe me, you will do a lot of things when you are in pain and want to get out of pain. So fentanyl, what does it do? So it binds to your body's opioid receptors. These are areas of the the brain that control pain and your emotion. So when these opioids bind to dopamine receptors, they can create that feeling of euphoria and relaxation. But it can also cause very dangerous side effects. All right, so what about how many of you, I could put this in live streaming, how many of you can come up with any of the one about 10 street names for fentanyl? Let's see who really is in the know here. I didn't know any of this for sure. Anybody have any idea what some of these street names are for fentanyl? Ask your kids. They probably know, which is pretty sad, right? So we've got Apache, China Girl, China White, Dance Fever, Friend, Goodfella, Jackpot, Murder 8, TNT, and Tango and Cash. There you go. So keep those antennas out for words like that. You've got kids around. 
could come in handy. So as a prescription, fentanyl is usually administered as an injection. Transdermal fentanyl patch, that's what I used, or you can even use a a lozenger. On the street, it's sold as a fentanyl powder, can be spiked on a blotted paper. It can be mixed with or substituted for heroin or as a tablet. People can snort it. They can swallow it or inject it, absorb it into their mucous membranes through spiked blotted paper. You know, it's crazy. I mean, we we listen to this and it's, yes, it's real. This is what's going on. It's like, what the hell is going on in our country? Do our kids just have way too much time on their hands? Because I don't know, if you're going to school, if you're doing what you're supposed to, how do you have time for any of this? I don't get it. Why is it that our younger kids are, we're just trying to find all these different things to snort, to, to inject, to get this high? Why can't you just figure it out what you want to do in life, which I know is not always easy? But what is going on? I'm sure so many of you are shocked to hear this and join the club because this widespread use and abuse of fentanyl is startling. No question about it. All right, so let's talk about our sponsor of the Rich Solutions Studio. I didn't realize I do that. I get going on this topic. It's a really important one and I totally forget to take a break and talk about sponsors. So no oodle. So here we're talking about you know, fentanyl epidemic. We also have an epidemic in this country when it comes to obesity, type two diabetes, just to name a few. Well, both of those can be helped with changing your lifestyle and changing out something maybe not quite so healthy with something that is. You can go to nooodle.com. Look at the testimonials. There are people who've lost hundreds of pounds. People who have reversed their type two diabetes all by swapping out nooodle as a product. That's something healthier than what they're already using. I always talk about pasta because Americans love pasta. And that's one of the biggest things probably can work on. There's healthier alternatives and that's no oodle. 97% water, 3% plant, six grams of fiber per serving. Go check it out, nooodle.com. Use hashtag Spoonie all caps to get that 10% off. So there's definitely dangers of fentanyl. And the fentanyl patch, it's really powerful. Small amount is deadly. Again, we talked about as much as 0.25 milligrams can be fatal. The opioids such as fentanyl affect the brain's receptors, which controls breathing rates. That's why when they take one of these pills in a matter of minutes, they can die because that's how quickly it works. Because the high doses of fentanyl can stop breathing and leads to death, of course. And of course, these more dangerous ones are the fact that fentanyl is sold in the street and sometimes mixed with heroin or cocaine, which makes it even more potent and deadly. Because it's so powerful, even small amounts can kill. Federal police in Canada, so this is what I was referring to, are now carrying the naloxone It's a nasal spray to reverse the overdose effects should anyone come in contact with the drug while on duty. So we've talked about some of the dangers of fentanyl abuse. Well, because it caused nausea, addiction, vomiting, constipation, 
that altered heart rate, slowed breathing rate, can be cause unconsciousness, confusion, hallucinations, weakness, sweating, itchy skin, constricted pupils, seizures, coma, death. And so those who are using those fentanyl passes, patches with a prescription are at risk for addiction as well. They may not abuse the drug, but you know your body becomes physically addicted, making it really difficult to stop using the drug. So unfortunately what happens is they get hooked and then they move on to street drugs. And whether that's fentanyl or opioids, okay, it's a danger. Of course, you get fentanyl withdrawal. You have symptoms with that. You can't go cold turkey. There are certain medication treatments that you can use that help with that and help with relapse. Okay, what I want to do is talk about, real quickly here, I know we've got a little bit of time, of eight natural pain relievers. And I say this very humbly because I, as someone who has gone through the gamut of using things to help with pain, um, I'm going to mention a few of these things and I know people will, ugh, are you kidding me? It might be a reaction, but you know what? You can try these things and they may not, of course, totally eliminate it, but they can help. Help so that you don't go in the direction of prescription medicine or street and get addicted. So we know that there's dangers of the opioid drugs, especially fentanyl and the fentanyl patch. But what other things can people do? What are some other natural painkillers? So that's what this show is all about, right? Trying to help you figure out something that you could start today that's better than what you're already doing. So natural painkillers. This one's you're not going to believe. Magnesium, which is great because... They're talking about taking magnesium nowadays anyway for a number of reasons. The pandemic, as well as as you get older, your body needs it. But it helps relieve inflammation. It's known to improve symptoms, even if you have fibromyalgia. I can never say it. Fibromyalgia. I can never say it. How about migraine headaches? And how about diabetes, cardiovascular disease? It's a soothing way to boost your magnesium levels. Helps relieve stress, eliminate toxins, reduce inflammation. And you can soak in an Epsom salt bath. Contains magnesium sulfate. It's affordable and it's definitely easy to use. Very relaxing. We have essential oils. Something we never talked about when we had Bryn Ewing on here when we talked about essential oils. They can help relieve pain symptoms. Arnica oil can ease inflammation. Peppermint oil, I know about that one for sure. It's a natural painkiller with a muscle muscle relaxant property. And uh, lavender oil is also a relaxant. So this can definitely help with headache symptoms as well. There's different massage techniques that you can do. The myofacial release. Okay. And I know about these because my son that had TOS, he did these. A deep tissue massage. You have the Graston technique, G-R-A-S-T-O-N. You can Google it. And these where you use these stainless steel instruments and you press down and massaging. You can do this yourself or you can hire someone to do it. 
And it really does help with issues with the neck, back, muscle pain. You can also go to osteopathic manipulation therapy, right? OMT, or this includes a chiropractor as well. Dry needling is another thing that can help relieve specific pinpoints of pain. Acupuncture. Capsaicin, maybe you've heard of that. That's a uh, what's in peppers, cayenne peppers. So it's something that can help with headaches, help with pain. They can use it to treat with cancer. So you can add those cayenne peppers to any meal, and it's a natural pain reliever. And then, of course, there's bone broth, which I know is probably not what people would think of. But you can try any one of those eight things to help you before you go to the route of a street drug or even get addicted to fentanyl. So thanks, everybody, for listening today. Happy hump day. Happy birthday, Sarah. And of course. This is the seditious, rabble-rousing, liberty-loving, home of fun, entertaining, and compelling talk. Mojo Five-O.